Hi everyone, my name is Ryan Alexander and I serve as the lead pastor at Hosanna. As we've been saying for years, we believe the Lord led you here. And we hope that what you hear today will encourage you to take a step forward in your faith journey and help you look more like Jesus. After today's message, I encourage you to download the Hosanna app for more opportunities to connect and grow. Here's today's message. Good morning. Thank you so much for welcoming me, and I also want to say thank you to all the pastors and leaders here at Hosanna for this invitation to come and share God's Word. It is always, always a joy to be back uh, to my congregation. Now I consider this as my church, uh, coming as often as I do, and I bring you greetings from my family and from all who do ministry with me. And we've been traveling this summer to four different countries. And uh, we were in Ethiopia. We were doing ministry in South Africa. And in the Middle East, in uh, Dubai, United Arab Emirates. And uh, last but not least, in Oslo, Norway. It was a fantastic, fantastic ministry trip. And the Lord blessed us. You know, today I'm going to speak on the book of Philippians. And Philippians has four chapters. When I was in Norway, they asked me to speak on the book of the prophet Haggai, and it has two chapters, and chapter one and chapter two, and uh, they gave me three days to cover two chapters, and here at Hosanna, they gave me 30 minutes to cover four chapters, (laughs) something that you guys need to learn from Norway. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. It is just a joyful thing to share on the book of Philippians, one of my favorite books in the New Testament. And it is one of those letters written by Paul from a prison in Rome. It is not something that is what usually prisoners write, but as a prisoner, he was writing this letter of joy because there was so much to rejoice in the church of Philippians, and uh, so much that we can learn from this book. So I tried to draw some principles. Paul is not only giving them the, princi- the promise of joy, but he was showing them how to get to that place of joy. So I'm trying to draw some principles on uh, how to get to that place of joy. Before we go into the Word, I would love for us to pray and invite the Holy Spirit to be our teacher. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for giving us this another opportunity to come to your presence and learn from this Word. I pray that you think through my mind, speak through my mouth, none of me, but all of you in this place. I pray your knowledge and your Word to flow unhindered, uninterrupted, by any force, by any satanic power. I pray that you open our hearts to receive and hear your word. I pray this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and the people of God shouted, Amen. 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 Paul repeatedly talks about joy and the state of joyful life in the life of a believer. He loves this church, Philippi. This church was not planted by an apostolic plan. 
When they left the church in Antioch to have a missionary tour, they have a plan of where to go. And at the end of their trip, they were planning to get into Asia Minor, but the Holy Spirit was saying, no, go back to Macedonia. And Paul saw in his dream, come and help us in Macedonia. That's how Paul went into the city of Philippi. And when he went there, he found people in prayer, people studying the word, and the ground was prepared. And they were generous, they were excited, they were in a good place, and it was a joyful church. What do we learn from the church in Philippi? The first principle that I draw out of the book of Philippians is what Paul says, rejoice, but rejoice in the Lord. So the ultimate and exclusive source of joy is establishing deep and authentic relationship in life with and in Jesus Christ. Paul writes that in Philippians 1, Philippians 2, Philippians 3, and Philippians 4. In all four chapters, this theme is consistent. Rejoice in the Lord Jesus. All the other sources of joy that we have, whether it is music or sport or family or health or job or profession or business or investment or whatever brings us joy or nature, this gives us pieces and bits and pieces of joy. But there is one source of joy that is consistent throughout our life. From the day we were born until the day we die and to eternity. That is having a living relationship with Jesus. Knowing him, loving him, following him, worshiping him, serving him, and giving our life 100% to him. And having him the Lord and the Savior, and the King of our life. If Jesus means something to you, shout amen in this house. Amen. Hallelujah. Having that relationship, making him your best friend, your counselor, your teacher. One of my favorite places in the scripture is Jesus' relationship with Mary Magdalene. In Latin, they call her Mary Magdalena. Mary Magdalene once the demons were casted out of her by Jesus, she loved him and she became his student and he became her teacher. And they followed, she followed him all the day. And until he died on the cross and she was one of the first ones to go to the grave, she had that attachment with Jesus. And after his resurrection, she used the, the same title. Before resurrection, he was her teacher. And as soon as he came back from the grave, as soon as she recognized him as Jesus, she knelt down and called him Rabuni, my teacher. That is a relationship with Jesus. In good times, in bad times, in seasons of darkness, in seasons of bright light, we have relationship with Jesus. Early in the morning, reading the word, Praying, going to church, talking about Jesus, listening about Jesus, thinking about Jesus, making Jesus the center of their life and our life. That is a true source of 
joy. That is Paul says, rejoice. But he doesn't leave that word rejoice alone. He says, rejoice in the Lord. The book of Hebrews chapter 12, it says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't give your eyes multiple options of focus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. That is your primary focus. All the others can take their secondary positions. The most central, the most critical, the most permanent should be fixing our eyes on Jesus. The second principle is when Paul says in the book of Philippians chapter 1 verse 3. He says, I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Why? Because of your partnership in the gospel. Partnership in the gospel. Having a relationship with Jesus should be translated in our partnership in the gospel. We have to do something for the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ if we are Christians. Individually, as a family, as a church, beyond and above our life. That is what brings us joy, to sit and see the impact of our time, our talent, and our treasure. God has given you time, talent, and treasure for the purpose of partnership in the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The primary purpose of a Christian being alive and living on earth today is to do something in partnership with the advancement of the gospel. You know, looking at Hosanna, I can, this is a congregation that can never be blamed for that. Because you have been in partnership with many, many ministries. This church has done tremendous things here locally in Lakeville, in Minnesota, throughout the United States, and around the world. I met Bill Bolin, the senior pastor of this church, 12 years ago. When we started, nothing. Today, that ministry has established schools, Bible colleges, university, impacting the whole world, thousands upon thousands. Partnership in the gospel. One day you can sit back and rejoice, and just rejoice in what God has done through your time, through your talent, and through your treasure. When we have a purpose, and when we have an impact, when we have a mission, when we touch lives, and have lives transformed through our ministry, that brings us joy, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Yes, give him a hand clap for the glory of Jesus Christ. The third principle is a principle of humility rather than self-aggrandizement. True joy comes when we live a Christ-centered life rather than a self-centered life. Living a life of authentic humility just like Jesus lived. Paul says, if you want to rejoice, take yourself out of the center and bring Jesus to the center. When you are worried about yourself, thinking about yourself, pampering yourself, elevating yourself, 
promoting yourself, when yourself is at the center, then joy goes away. When Jesus comes to the center and takes the center stage, and your life becomes rather than caring and worrying and working for yourself, and when it is for Him, the glory and the praise and the joy and the grace and the healing that flows from Him touches and fills your life. And when we are in that tension, our life is always constantly in the tension. Our self never leaves, never wants or volunteers to, sell, to set, to take the center stage. At one time, I was traveling through Europe and I was stranded and I was praying in the airport in Frankfurt. And I found a prayer room and in that prayer room, I had a long, long uh, layover, so I was praying. And the Lord showed me two words. First word was love, and the second word was live. And God was asking me, what's the difference between the two? And how are they spelt? And I said, love, L-O-V-E. Live, L-I-V-E. And the Lord is saying, what is the difference between the two? Live has I at the center. Love has O at the center. And Jesus said, until I becomes zero, there is no love. The enemy of love is self-centeredness. And when you are self-centered, it's very hard to be joyful. You think everybody is after you, or for you, or against you, and you, and you, and you is at the center. Jesus was humble. The Bible said, he made himself nothing. He made himself no one. He was willing to die on the cross in the hand of filthy sinners. And as a result, there was a light around the world, hope around the world, life, laughter, joy around the world. Self-centeredness is the enemy of our joy. The fourth principle that Paul gives us is living a meaningful life. And the question is, what do we do during difficult days? How can I be happy when life is happening to me not in a good way? Acknowledging the reality that life happens to us with or without our control. In the middle of that, we consistently rejoice by trusting that whatever happens, God is going to use it for our de deliverance. For a Christian, life is Christ and death is gain. In Christ, we live a win-win life. Therefore, we rejoice. A win-win life. Whether we are living or whether we are dying, we will live a win-win life. Paul clearly speaks about this in the book of Philippians chapter 1, verse 19. Life will happen with our control or without our control. People who are very health conscious, caring for themselves, sometimes without their control, something bad happens. People who have a vision of a long-lasting marriage, sometimes marriage breakdown happens. People who raise their kids in a Christian environment, in a good school, 
something wrong things happen. And sometimes life turns in a good way. Or sometimes life goes in a different way. And in the middle of difficult situation, do we lose our joy? Or do we still be anchored and believe in Jesus and confess our way through darkness? Saying, Jesus is still in control. God is still my God. I will continue to follow him. I am still the winner. I am still victorious. I am not going to resign from relationship with Jesus. I am victorious no matter what. Paul, that is why he writes to the Philippians from the prison room in Paul, in Rome. He says, I am in chain for Jesus. If I am alive, it's good for you. If I die, it's good for me because I'll go to him. But I know one thing. Life for me is Christ. Death is gain. Whether I am alive, I'm winning. Whether I'm dying, I am winning. As a Christian, I always live a win-win life. Therefore, I will continue to rejoice. If you believe in that, shout amen in this house. Amen. Your life is always a win-win life. Principle number five. The other source of joy is unity as a body of Christ, to be united. There is nothing that draws and takes joy away from us like never-ending conflict. Always bickering, gossiping, backbiting, and, and just bad relationship, and those filthy relationship situations, and getting rid of that and being united in Christ. Being of the same mind, like-mindedness, we experience true joy in true unity as the body of Christ. And when we are united with Christ and by being like-minded, which means having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Jesus prayed about the unity of the church in the book of John chapter 17. It's very important. Unity with God. Unity with our family. Being united with our church, with our colleagues. Working on our relationship. That sphere of relationship is a place where we experience joy or where we experience sorrow. Pain or where we experience, experience excitement. Working in that environment intentionally. I am going to be a forgiver. I am going to be a lover. I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to be kind. I am not going to be an instigator of fights. I am not going to participate in gossip. I am not going to be a backbiter. I am going to be a lover, a prayer. I'm going to be kind, gentle. When we are determined to be the positive part of every relationship, then our joy continues to flow. Paul begs them. This is a beautiful church, he says. You Philippians, you are united I have never heard discord and fight among you. Keep that going. Be united with Christ. Be united with each other. Be like-minded. Work on the way you think. Communicate clearly with one another. And keep that unity going. The sixth principle that Paul gives them is this principle of dedicated life of a servant. You know, we get a lot of joy when we serve others. True joy comes 
from that dedicated life of a servant lived in giving sacrificial life to God. Serving without grumbling. But service comes from faith in Christ Jesus. Serving others without expecting anything in return. You know, Satan attacks our dedicated service for others by telling us, Nobody is giving you thanks. Nobody is acknowledging. Nobody is giving you credit. You are just investing and pouring in people and you're not getting anything in return. And then what comes is a life of grumbling. That's what Paul writes to the church in Philippians. But serve with joy because your service is to God. Your thank you note is coming from God. Your pay is coming from God. Your crown is coming from God. One time in my ministry, I served a congregation in conflict and in chaos for three months. I took time away from my family. I dedicated my life and my ministry to that church for three months, nonstop, talking to everyone individually, bringing them together, counseling, praying, fasting, preaching, teaching, I just invested my time without getting anything in return. And with, for God's glory, at the end of the third month, problem was solved, conflict went away. They were united, reconnected, reconciled. It was a time of thanksgiving. At the conclusion of that ministry time, they prepared a big conference. I preached that concluding service, and I sat down right at the front, and they were so excited and happy and the senior pastor and the elders were giving report and saying thank you. Thank you to that. Thank you to this. Thank you to that. Thank you to this. Nobody mentioned my name. Nobody remembered my name. And I was sitting right there. And I went back into my car, drove to my hotel. And I knelt before God and I grumbled. I say, why, Lord? Why did you make me do a thankless job? And the Holy Spirit tapped on my shoulder. And he said, get up. I got up. Sit. I sat on my sofa. And the Holy Spirit brought the voice of Jesus. And Jesus said, thank you. And now I know where my thank you comes from. Whether people say thank you or not. Whether I receive credit or not. Whether I receive a gift or not. Whether people clap or not. I know my thank you comes from my master, from my Lord, from my God, from Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whether people recognize you or not, give you credit or not, honor you, respect you or not, do not connect your service to people's gratitude or gratefulness. Connect it to the Lord, to the King of Kings. One day, in front of the whole world, in front of heaven and earth, he will give you a crown of glory and will call you, you good and faithful servant. I wait for that day with joy, and that is where our glory comes from. Give him thanks in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, every time I visit Washington, D.C., I like to visit the tomb of the unknown soldier. That tomb, that place touches my heart so deep. 
The words written on that tomb says, This is the tomb of the unknown soldier. Here lies the remains of those brave soldiers of the United States of America who fought for the freedom of this country, whose names are only known to God. The tomb of the unknown soldier. Did they fight? Yes. Did they die? Yes. Did they serve? Yes. Do we know their names? No. Their names are only known to God. The tomb of the unknown soldier. There are so many people around the world whose names we don't know, whose names we don't recognize, but they impact our life like no other. My friends, always serve. And when you serve, connect your service to God and not to men. And that way your joy will always be overflowing. Principle, am I on number eight, number seven? I forgot where I am. <laughs> hey, who cares? <laughs> That's when you give a preacher 30 minutes to preach on four chapters. <laughs> I repeat, Hosanna learned something from Norwegians. <laughs> Principle number seven, rejoice when you see healing and success in others. True relationship is the backbone of joyful life. There was one guy who came from Philippi to visit Paul in Rome. And he was sick to the point of death. They prayed for him. He got healed. And he was sent back to Philippi. Paul says, receive him. Welcome him with joy. Because he was almost dead. He was almost dead. And he was sick to the point of death. But now God healed him. Another source of our joy is the joy of other people. When you see success, Breakthrough, healing, victory, promotion, joy, marriage, children, in other people's life. Take time to share that joy and rejoice. Your joy comes from what God is not doing only for you, but for all other people. Principle number eight. Forget what is behind and stretch your hands to what is before you. We can't rejoice by holding our hands to the back and walking like this, pulling what is in the back. God is saying, release yesterday and be prepared to welcome tomorrow. God says, I have prepared a greater future for you than what you have experienced in the past. Let me declare over all of us in this room today what God has prepared before us. Eyes have never seen, ears have never heard. Christ has prepared something greater in the future. If you believe it, give him the biggest shout in this house. Yeah. Hallelujah. That is why Paul says, I don't walk like this. I let go of the past and I stretch my hands towards the future. I say there is a greater future. There is a greater days coming. Yes, news is telling me other things. But I believe what God has prepared for me in the future. Principle number nine is where true joy comes from. Imitating and emulating the life of Jesus Christ. Who is your role model? Sometimes we lift up role models and their success is becoming a criticism of our life. Sometimes we put these healthy, muscular people and say, this is my role model. 
and I don't look like him, and it is not building me up. It's making me feel guilty. I look at designers, fashion, wealthy people, billionaires, rich, successful sports people. We put, and there is things that we can learn from them, but their role model is not going to lift me up. My role model is Jesus. When I see him, if I'm sick, I will get healed by his wounds. If I have low words, his words will be encouragement to me. His spirit will lift me up. His name will cast out demons. His kingdom is my kingdom. His lordship is my strength. His joy is my power. If Jesus is your role model, your, or your life is always filled with joy. And if not, your life will be criticized. My youngest daughter, every time she dresses up to go to church or to go to party or to go to something, birthday, she's so young and she always runs to mommy and says, mommy, how do I look? And I always asked her, why always asking only mommy? Why not me? She said, you daddy on how I look? And she says, let me ask you a question. Do you know Gucci? Do you know Chanel? Do you know Louis whatever? Do you know this? Do you know that? I say, who are these people? That's why I'm not asking you. <laughs> who are our role models? Paul said, my role model is Jesus. And every time I look at him, I'm not experiencing judgment or condemnation. When I look at Jesus as my role model, I see a person who died for me, who loved me, who cares about me, who speaks into my life, who is my shepherd, who is my leader, who is my Lord, who is my savior. Jesus Christ is my model. If you believe in that, shout amen in this house. Amen. Hallelujah. The last principle that we get from the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter four, is where Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And he adds one statement. Do not be anxious with anything. That's a powerful statement. Do not be worried about anything. I feel he's writing that letter for the world in which we live today. Anxious about, there is anxiety around the world. Every news channel you turn, Every article you read tells you about the disaster in environment, in global relationship, in oil prices, in food prices, in healthcare crisis, in moral decay, in these and that, whether it is China, Taiwan, Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, Russia, United States, Africa, Middle East, everywhere you turn, the world seems to be just being distracted and destroyed. But Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. Then what shall we do? And he says, in prayer, bring every request, petition with thanksgiving to God. And when you do that, it says, the Lord will give you the peace of God, the shalom of God that passes all understanding and guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord always. My dear friends, reading a book like the Bible, worshiping a God like Jesus, being part of the church of Jesus Christ, and having faith in God 
We have absolutely no reason not to rejoice. But we rejoice, crush the head of Satan, and we go victoriously in the world with a win-win agreement with Jesus Christ. Now I urge you, I encourage you, I declare and decree over your life, the future is brighter than the past because Jesus is coming, God is on his throne, and joy is our portion now and forevermore. If you believe it, shout amen. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.